Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real Window, rewatching random movies from our childhood. I'm Pauline. And I'm Lisa. And we are doing a full-length episode today. It is a Tuesday. Uh, so welcome to that, everyone. If you uh, have never joined us before, this is the episode where over the weekend we have both watched a movie separately that Lisa picked last week for our trivia sode, and now we discuss it. Mm-hmm. And Lisa got to Pauline. pick the movie this week. Lisa, will you, <laughs> will you let everyone know what movie you picked and give us a little synopsis of this bad boy? Absolutely, I will. So the movie I chose was 1998's The Prince of Egypt, an animated film uh, from DreamWorks with a stacked cast that has everyone from Val Kilmer to Ray Fiennes to Michelle Pfeiffer to Sandra Bullock to Patrick Stewart to Helen Mirren, Danny Glover, um, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> everyone. Everybody. Assume everybody the time. Just assume yeah. they're in this animated film. And I feel like, so this is a story, I'm going to tell you the story, and I don't mean to sound condescending when explaining this story. Oh, because I know already. that everyone, most people probably know the basics, or at least have heard of this. So, so the Prince of Egypt basically is an adaptation of the Book of Exodus, which is the story of Moses freeing the Israelites from the Egyptians from slavery. And so in this film, this is a sort of condensed animated version where Moses raised um, a prince because he was protected from uh, the Pharaoh's edict that was going to kill the firstborn of all the enslaved Israelites and his mom put him in the basket in the river of the Nile and he gets led to his little basket ends up at the um, palace and he ends up being raised as a prince of Egypt, hence the title. Uh, and he and his brother, play, voiced by Ray Fiennes, Ramesses, uh, grow up together, are best friends, everything else. And then he learns the truth that he's actually not Egyptian, that the terrible thing that Pharaoh had done and he runs away, ends up creating a new life elsewhere outside of Egypt, but then is called by God to return to Egypt in order to free the Israelites who are still enslaved and who have been begging for release for hundreds of years. He does so, but the new pharaoh is now Ramesses, their father having passed away, and he is now at odds with who was once his closest brother. Uh, And in attempts to freeing Israelites from this very stubborn man who refuses to bow to uh, Moses and his god, uh, the god basically works he calls it wonders in the movie, but they're mm. terrifying. Uh, basically, it works miracles, and it's where the 10 plagues of Egypt come from. And they rain down until the final plague when Pharaoh says he's going to let everyone go. This is a very interesting choice for an animated film. Can I just say right mm-hmm. off the bat mm-hmm. that props... <laughs> yeah, to DreamWorks for even making to this. Spielberg and um, oh, what's his name? John something. Uh, he's the head of it. It'll come to me in a second. But um, for being like, you know what? First animated film. We should make this <laughs> the story Let's of the Exodus. Do the Bible. Let's yeah. do something from something the from the Bible, but nothing. But that... you know what? Old Testament. <laughs> Let's go Old Testament yeah, yeah. here. New Testament is something a little too friendly, relatable. To the people. <laughs> to children. I, you um, know who we should get for this? Every major motion picture actor at the time. Ever, what are your ever. thoughts? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do this. No Let's problem. Do this. Here we go. We're going to show off. So and they did it. They did. And, you know, props to the risk that they took with this one. So um, 
it's funny i will just say so uh this film was apparently the the guy who started dreamworks with spielberg and his name is escaping me and it's driving me crazy it's like katzenberg there we go katzenberg he apparently used to work for disney they parted on bad terms <laughs> then he started his own animation company but uh basically he had been wanting to make an adaptation of the ten commandments for years he kept, he kept telling disney hey don't we should do it disney kept being like no they're like you know what we're gonna do milan instead good idea though no disney's like we could do hunchback we're gonna let's do, do pocahontas you know what? Let's go old school. You're right. Pocahontas it is. <laughs> yeah, there's no controversy there. No. Uh, anyway, so this was one that Pauline and I watched. We were older. This mm-hmm. one came out when we were like oh, young preteens kind of thing. So 98, we were what, 13 and was 12. 12? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the subject matter wasn't as distressing, say, if we were like, you know, Well, and even, okay, so it. not only that, not only was it not distressing, but we know this story backwards and forwards. We know all the ins and outs because Lisa fucking loved this movie with Charlton Heston, as you all may have heard in every mm. other episode. We've read- it a couple of times but also just a like weird kid being the ardent catholic family that we were i mean we watched we watched it in school we watched we heard bible stories non-stop like we all knew the stories like even watching this as an adult i was like hey they missed a few parts <laughs> and i was like i don't even uh go well, to church anymore and i remember totally this. i am not a practicing catholic no. christian whatever and but i'm like I hey they skipped a bit this. yeah totally um, well and that's something that's so interesting too so so to take that everyone like this is obviously a biblical story Pauline and i are not believers um no but uh if you are just know that going in the two of us are going to be talking from a different place uh, and we'll so probably be talking a little bit of smack i mean what i will bit. say still some some respect though <laughs> i was yeah of course absolutely i feel like it's one thing to 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 dissect a religion from which you were raised as opposed to one that you have no actually lived experience in mm-hmm. like um, judaism or muslim yeah. is that what you're saying i'm not touching that shit i'm like i don't fucking know anything but i can talk about catholics man holy moly can we talk about that but what i will say is um the critiquing of the story i feel is going to be a little left out similarly to what i would say with like romeo and juliet Lisa and I, when we watched Romeo and Juliet, it was, you know, we talked about our major main beefs with the storyline, but it was more about our opinions rested more on like how this adaptation. Yeah, it's more about the adaptation than anything else. So that's going to be, we won't be spending this time just like dissecting the flaws of the story. Looking at it, the Bible that way. Obviously, you know. there are this is a, few a cornerstone story holes, to so many religions. <laughs> there's a few holes in the in the reasoning and logic of the story, but we won't get into all of them. We'll just kind of oh, talk no. about this story as it holds up as this film. I think is the approach. Reality. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's the approach. <laughs> okay, we'll give it a go. So let's start off. Anyone who doesn't isn't familiar with the podcast, we usually start off with you know takeaways from childhood, favorite scenes that we had, um, anything we misremembered as children or what it was like re-watching this as adults now lisa you own this movie so i'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say <laughs> that you've watched this fairly recently in terms uh, of like as an owner of the movie actually you know what i was thinking that when i was putting it in my dvd player because i have the dvd this is awesome but um i haven't re-watched this since i was probably 
20 something. So it's actually oh, been, so it's been like a 10, good, like 10 years. 15. Yeah. 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 Got so, it. so okay. no, it, it actually has been a while since I've rewatched it. I, I, I bought it when I was in university and watched a couple times then, and then haven't really rewatched it that much. I've listened to the, the soundtrack a couple times and there are certain songs that I will sing to myself, but I actually haven't watched it in a while. So this was interesting. Interesting. Okay, well then let's chit chat about it, Lisa. Let's chit chat. So All Lisa, right. takeaways, memories, favorite scenes, etc. Lay it on me. So I remember being in theaters for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember sitting in theater, being like, "Oh my gosh, here we go, another version of the Moses story." <laughs> my favorite. I love this story. I'm going to admit that a lot of that probably comes from the fact that I love Greek myths, Norse myths, Egyptian myths, any mythology you can possibly lay on, and this story to me was like a myth right like this is one of those ones that has like not just to you but go on yeah yeah (laughs) we're gonna gonna stick there um but like this story has bloodshed murder slavery like it has Mm -hmm. plagues Mm -hmm. fire coming down from the sky vengeance and wrath as well as you know faith and an under the ultimate underdog story situation happening here so I went in very excited for this film and I remember the opening. So mm-hmm. the opening of this movie is memorable because they just hit you hard when this animated film opens. They start with the splendor of Egypt and they show you the slavery that the Israelites are under and how awful and intense and um incredibly terrible it all is and then it's also the first thing you see you're seeing them building monuments and lifting huge stones and you know having to wade in the mud and everything else and being whipped and treated poorly and crying out for god's help and then you see moses's mother sister and brother escaping uh egyptian soldiers who are going around killing firstborn like born babies um like you know any born babies at that time were being were being killed and they don't shy away from that you don't see blood that would be one step too far but Mm -hmm. you're seeing mothers stopping trying to stop soldiers and being pushed aside and you're seeing swords being raised over cradles and like parents sobbing and as a kid I remember being like whoa like they went all in (laughs) like okay i mean if you're gonna go biblical you gotta go biblical (laughs) absolutely you don't go too you don't go halfway with this shit you do the full thing and and i remember being like i love this song the deliverous song Mm. that it opens with it's got an amazing rhythm beat beautiful that's beautifully sung the the singer for moses's mother she's got a gorgeous singing voice and she apparently dubbed it in multiple languages like i think something crazy like 15 languages when this film was yeah redone and re-released everywhere worldwide and so as a kid like that was it like i remember being like and and i'm in like thank you this is what i wanted this is what i was here for you delivered i'm just gonna sit back would you say it was all (laughs) you ever wanted all mm. I ever wanted. Ooh, mm. <laughs> nice reference, Pauline. Yes. Um, I think what I appreciated, though, so I, as we have mentioned multiple times, I grew up watching the Ten Commandments one with Charlton Heston and Yul Brenner, and their dynamic was one of rivalry from the get-go. And in this movie, Moses and Ramesses genuinely care for each other. They act like brothers. Moses is a shit disturber. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh my God. It opens with the two of them having like, after that scene, it shows him grown up raised as Pharaoh's second son. And he and Ramesses are having this out of control chariot race through areas they should not be racing. definitely killed people for sure. Like if you're watching the destruction, destruction, you're like everyone in their path is dead. The amount, there was a sand, like the equivalent of a sand avalanche. I don't know what to call that. So they caused one. Uh, And yeah, that, that should have killed many people. No, everyone should have died <laughs> in that one. Like, they make it very humorous, and they're like, as they're like, do you think we'll get in trouble for this? And they're like, no way. No, like, not mm, a chance. And I think this is, like, worth millions of dollars, and you guys just effed it right up. You just effed it up, and you think your dad's not gonna be pissed at you, yeah. let alone other people for yeah. doing this shit? Everyone's yeah. upset? Yeah, Woo. for sure. And so, so I Spoiled like, little rich boys. Spoiled little rich boys all the way. And that, I think is why I fell in love with both characters very quickly because they have that bond because they joke around because Moses gets Ramesses into trouble, but then gets him out of trouble because Ramesses, they're very clever with establishing both characters. Moses is the younger son who gets to do whatever the hell he wants. Because he does not real have the weight repercussions. Of the exactly. Whereas Ramesses is under a microscope. And so every time he does whatever Moses wants to do, he gets into so much trouble and he feels, that pressure he's told repeat you see how his dad talks to him and talks about how he's in charge of a dynasty and if he's the weak link that's the end of the dynasty and i mean so much foreshadowing in this movie the way that the words are i gotta say the discussions with pharaoh and then the discussion when ramesses and moses so after they've been reprimanded quite rightly in fact they should have been punished yeah it wasn't enough but yes for what happened for the chaos they did Moses finds Ramesses in amongst the statues of some gods where he sits up high on one of the statues where he can just sort of think and Moses is trying to like cheer him up and and talk him through and a lot of what their discussion is is foreshadowing for what's going to happen at the end of the film when they're at odds and that Ramesses is going to be in you know Moses jokes that Ramesses is going to be responsible for the end of the dynasty there go the pyramids right like laughing and it's funny but it's also hard because yes, you're like, yeah, they're that. both the pyramids. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah you, you really did. Yeah, like, literally all the slaves are going to leave because of you, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even then, you're going to destroy it before the slaves leave because he's too proud. He doesn't give in earlier, right? So right. he not only destroys Egypt because he lets the slaves go, he destroys Egypt because he takes it to such an extreme, the firstborn Egyptian children are all, all killed. All die, yep. You know, that's kind of the bigger one. <laughs> so we'll go there. So it just, I, I didn't get all that as a kid. The first viewing, you're too busy taking it all in. It was repeat viewings as a kid that I was like, oh, oh. Like I felt very clever for figuring out the, <laughs> the language skills. In this Got movie. it. Got it. Interesting. <laughs> See, I don't remember any of that, but I do. I like watching it. I'm always like, I know. It's funny knowing the story so well mm. while watching the movie where I'm like, when I watch it, like even even watching this version of it, yeah, yeah. they don't show, so after the slaves have left, they don't show Ramesses rethinking his decision. All of a sudden, Ramesses has just shown up on his mm-hmm. chariot, pissed, mm-hmm. and he's after the slaves. And you're like, wait a minute, how did he get... How did he get there? But I know how he got there. But yes. anyone who, do you know what I mean? So there are oh, yeah. moments when watching this where I'm like, 
do I think that because of this movie or do I think that because I know the story so well that that's my impression of these totally. characters? Totally. So even what yeah. you're saying about the foreshadowing, I'm like, I don't even know if that entered my head because I knew how it ended mm-hmm. anyway. Do you know? Mm-hmm. So you just take yeah. those things for granted yeah. when you, yeah. you hear them because you're like, he is going to be the fall of the guy. I say, ha ha ha. And then it's like, you don't realize that any other person who doesn't know the story that well Mm-hmm. picks up it's on gonna be like, like oh it's like a reveal and mm-hmm. i'm like don't we all know this already but, <laughs> but you may not especially right. knows. so so it's True. just so that i love so i i genuinely loved their dynamic and i felt what this movie does well when moses comes back and he's all prepared to be like all right i don't want to do this but god's asked me i'm going to talk to pharaoh but he's expecting his former dad and sees his brother and you're like oh shit this yeah. is going to be that much harder, right? It's a different like it's complication. Not, it's a different complication. And again, that's an interest. That's such a, like, it's such an interesting dynamic because they initially are both delighted to see each other. And then Moses has to be like, Hey, I'm hey. not here for you. Yeah, I remember <laughs> when I made that joke about destroying Egypt. Ha 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 ha. I need everyone. You give me all your slaves. Yeah. and we call it even deal here's deal. my staff watch totally. it turn into a snake okay yeah. continue yeah so, so yeah that the i appreciate that complexity and it is hard to watch and i'm not saying obviously the egyptian dynasty needed to end <laughs> like that obviously. slavery is never yes. okay and that's awful but they humanize this story by having moses and Ramesses in this sort of heartbreak among brothers, let alone these bigger pictures that's happening. So I appreciated that as a kid. I, the scenes that stood out the most aside from them um, were the big ones were the opening. Yeah. The plagues. Oh, yes, I wrote that down too. My yeah. God. It's my favorite song. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. The plagues my are the best song, song. It's the plague song. Like seriously, everyone, I know that sounds weird, but it's, wonderfully done but it's also overlaid with another song that's reprised from earlier and Mm -hmm. so it it has an emotional weight to it from the information you learned previously and so yeah and so and it's basically so the singing is actually about moses and it's their relationship it's moses saying he doesn't want to do this he wished god had chosen another but he's you know the people have to be freed can you please just let them go and ramesses basically being like i don't care like you're i you hate me with your behavior i will never let them go is what the singing is and in the background and like what's happening on screen is you're watching the plagues and the animation is so good for the the fire raining down the frogs the locusts the the insects flies yeah everything like it and it and it's a perfect way of encompassing all of the plagues without it becoming too long or too much mm-hmm. for a short animated film. So that mm-hmm. whole sequence, I remember sitting in the theater and being like, okay. And then the other one is the, the final plague. Um, so it's, it's hard to watch mm-hmm. and yet it's stunning to watch at the same time. I don't know how they did it, but I imagine this took a lot of care on their side. So for anyone who doesn't know, Moses repeatedly asks Ramesses to free the Israelites. Ramesses keeps saying no, despite larger and more terrible plagues. As we said, fires raining down from the sky. Um, there's boils on people's skin and lesions, and there's um, frogs. There are, and there's, a drought, like the, there's a drought, like the livestock are all 
dying there's yeah. darkness they can't see the sun's like it is it is an unnatural darkness has fallen over egypt and so moses goes again to ask for ramesses so as people go and ramesses in anger says that what he should do is what his dad did and that's to kill the the children of the israelites and so moses knows that that's what god's going to do to him instead and so it's very quiet it's very careful. The animation is beautiful, but it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is um, they, they show uh, the Israelites putting blood above the door and the lintel because God says if there's blood on the door uh, the, of a sacrificed of, lamb, a sacrificed lamb, then we know, then like he'll know his angel of death will know to pass that door by. But if there isn't any, the angel's going to go in and it's going to take the firstborn. Um, child that's in that house and the firstborn son and so uh, what you see is everyone preparing the lintel on the doors and then it's silent there's no score there's no music it's just quiet it's dark it's nighttime the houses are quite stark and a light comes from the sky and I'm not doing it justice and it goes through the alleyways through the it's like roads and it's like a wispy light it's like Like a wisp almost a mist but not quite and it's moving on its own and it's you can see it having its own direction it turns away from the doors with blood yeah but then goes through and when it gets it kind of makes a soft whooshing sound yes yeah and the 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 saddest bit is so it does this is again they don't shy away from it it goes into a doorway and like a mom is sleeping in her bed with two children and the light passes over one of the children and just goes <sighs> here oh yeah and then the kid's clearly dead and then it goes through and then there's a, another brilliant one where it goes up you don't see the kid you just see the light enter a house and the sound <sighs> and then the candle goes out and it does this throughout and it's it's stunning. It's very clever. It's beautifully animated, and it is heart. There's a little sad one of a little boy who's just carrying a water. jug of water, and he goes into the house, and then you see the breath follow him, and then he breaks the jar, and you just see his arm fall after that Through sound. The doorway. It is and you're like, oh, the it is boy just died. hard to yeah. watch. Um, so it's it's interesting if you don't know that story like again this is why this was a bold choice to make for an animated feature and they went in with the intention of making it an adult more leaning towards adult animation in the sense that like everyone could enjoy it but obviously people are still going to bring their kids to it when they release it in theaters and this is some intense stuff to be watching but I remember I was in awe I was sitting in the theater I remember I cried and I remember just sitting back being surprised at how effective that scene was Mm -hmm. it blew my brain um and then the final scene is of course the parting of the red sea which i talked about in the trivia episode it's when the israelites they're finally making their way as pauline says if you don't know the story they're there they've made their camp and they have nowhere to go when suddenly pharaoh and other egyptian soldiers crest over the hill and are coming in chariots chariots to slaughter them all And so Moses raises his staff from God and parts the Red Sea and they all have to go through and and a pillar of fire stops the Egyptians from going any further. Um, And the the parting of the waters, the walk across the bottom of the the sea itself is crazy. Like it is stunning. If you didn't listen to the trivia episode, I told you that it took 
it took two years for this four minute sequence to be completed by 10 animators. And that's crazy. And it shows. And so it's beautiful. So as a, as a kid, I love that. I love the music. I love the songs, obviously. I really liked Moses's wife, Zipporah, who's voiced by Michelle Pfeiffer. She was strong, wonderful, shows up. They seem to have, I, they have a very loving relationship in the montages that they're shown to develop. And their we love a good in. montage. And we love a good montage, especially when there's like a cool little song in the background playing off song. And Danny Glover's around and they're like, hey. You're like, hey, Danny Glover looks lovely. He seems super nice. They're all having a great time. This is a far better place for him than Egypt. Moses should stay here. He should not go back. He should not go back. I don't know why he did. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, all of those left the bigger impressions. What about you? I I assume you... I mean, it's hard to figure because we did really enjoy this movie Mm. and we listened to the songs. You had the soundtrack. We obviously listened to it forever. I knew all the songs before, like when it started and the music opens, I was like, yes, this opening is amazing. (laughs) Like I just, I knew it. I knew the words. I was like, this is, this is my childhood right here. So, and I know the story so well from years of Bible study. So it's hard to parse out like what I remember specifically about this movie, other than just like the animation is great. I remember being really sad about the relationship with Ramesses and Moses because they're such good friends and they're such good brothers together. Mm -hmm. And then they'd leave like Ramesses thought he was dead. And when you think about that, like, it's like, and then he shows up and he's like, Hey, brother it's so good to see you because he still saw him as a brother thought he was dead and then he comes up and he's like hey by the by i'm about to fuck a lot of shit up for you and i just want you to be cool with it i, I want you to know understand that, I... that your entire dynasty is fed on lies and yeah. awfulness and i need to tear yes. it down cool cool yeah right. and it it's tough to watch mm-hmm. it's, it's so there's a i remember that as a kid uh, one of the scenes that I thought they did beautifully was um, when Moses is... Fa- so he's out in um, the general populace, stumbles upon his sister and brother, who he doesn't know are his sister and brother. But his sister knows him, and she makes that very clear. And she tells him too much information about how he is not actually the prince of Egypt. Mm. And it throws him into a turmoil, and he goes running back to his house and that's where you hear the first version of the song all i ever wanted Mm -hmm. he's talking about his home of alabaster stone and it's beautiful this is all he ever wanted and it's wonderful and he goes there and there's a comfort there and then he has a very dissettling or unsettling dream Mm -hmm. and it's a dream done in egyptian hieroglyphs of the edict sent down by his father to kill all of the baby um jews yeah Yep, the and boys. so what you see is this depiction of him as an Egyptian hieroglyph following the story of his birth mom and siblings as hieroglyphs avoiding the soldiers and the murdering of babies as they get dropped into the Nile to be eaten by crocodiles and like it's so but it's all done with this sideways Mm -hmm. um, animation to it that makes you feel like you're watching them in a two-dimensional space on the wall and I thought that was I remember as a kid I was like that is so neat and as an Mm -hmm. adult I was like this is beautiful so that was actually one of my favorite scenes that I remember Mm -hmm. there was nothing that I 
that I didn't understand. Again, because no, I feel no, like we, we knew the this, story. We knew it <laughs> so well that I remember asking all the questions like from the previous Ten Commandments movies. So I knew what was happening and what was to come, etc. So um I just remember being sad about the brothers. Uh, I yeah. very explicitly remember he gets lost in the desert and the either he's in a sandstorm and that animation is beautiful. And then mm-hmm. what ends up happening is a camel comes by and tries eating his hair as he's buried yeah. in the sand. I remember thinking that was like grass. <laughs> I remember thinking that was hilarious. And he's like, ah, and his head gets pulled up and he's covered in camel drool. And he's like, wait. And then he's hanging on the water bag of the, or if you will, the camel back is what they're called on the side of the camel as he's, you know, moving along and the camel is paying him no heed. I remember thinking that was hilarious. Yes, I thought it was so funny. And then he shows up to a trough where a bunch of sheep are drinking out of it and he just starts drinking out of this trough and that's hilarious because then he looks across the water and there's another sheep staring at him and like spits the water out in shock that this person is there and I remember thinking that was so funny as a kid. The animation for that scene is hilarious and as an adult I definitely laughed. <laughs> so... <laughs> funny yeah yeah um but other than that i i mean same as same same as you i mean obviously the scenes with the plagues is beautiful Mm. one thing i learned actually i read a very interesting article recently um uh, about a possible explanation for seven of the plagues Uh coming uh, i thought this was interesting um the idea that around this time actually the climate started to change in egypt from a more tropical um climate to one of a more dry arid climate which resulted in warmer water and resulted in the growth of algae this red algae mm, that, i remember hearing about that that I, created that yeah. this really bad smell that actually ended up killing a lot of the fish because that was one of the things about this plague and when water turned to blood all the fish died and then but then the explanation is so that happens and then as a result of the water being disgusting, all the frogs leave the water. They go to land. Well, that was the next plague. Mm-hmm. Then, because all the frogs are off the land and they die, all of the locusts and the flies no longer have the same predators. So they can spread and spread lesions and spread the plague that um, kills their cows and stuff, their livestock. So it's just this interesting mm-hmm. take on it, right? Where not saying that these things didn't necessarily happen. But imagine all of these things happening in succession right when this man is like, hey, uh, I think you should let these people go. (laughs) And then they're like, yeah, sure, buddy. And then all of a sudden, everything (laughs) starts going to shit. And you're like, oh, this guy's the legit. He's the real deal. You should really follow him, hey? And then Pharaoh's like, no. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting. I was like, something like (laughs) seven of the plagues could actually be explained by algae. And Mm. it was like. Well, God sent that algae, didn't he? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Very clever. Um, but that was a side note. The plagues are obviously beautiful. The hand of God killing the firstborn oh. is um, heartbreaking, as you said. But there's nothing that you haven't mentioned. I mean, the parting of the Red Sea is amazing. The only thing that I found as an adult watching it that I was, like, less enamored of, not to say that I disliked, but just was kind of like, I remember liking this more as a kid, were um, Steve Martin and Martin Short as um, Mm -hmm. the two priests uh, that belong to the Egyptian gods. They're basically pharaohs. And they kind of are there meant to dispute Moses's first couple of miracles. And they're like, oh, we could do the same thing. And it's usually more sleight of hand and mirror and magic tricks is basically what's implied. And um, and their comedy, I remember as a kid finding them very funny. And as an adult, I was like, I mean, I'm not hating them, but I also am like, you're here for the kids 
like you're here for these totally. four children who are watching this very intense film being like we need some humor let's yep. let's throw in these these priests <laughs> i would agree with that i feel like i also felt the same way about them i was not um adult pulling was not nearly as enamored mm-hmm. so to speak was not merely like this is hilarious and i think that's kind of what this film kind of reminds me of is hunchback in that way where it has a lot of very difficult mm. subject matter um that is more mature than you would expect from a theatrical released animated children's film and so their way of handling it was to try and put in some humor and for kids yeah it's like the gargoyles in hunchback right as a yeah. kid hilarious as an adult you're like ah, you're they and I feel like they do hold up better than the gargoyles. Yes, in, they like do. they're not they nearly they're, as kitschy. They're not um, as, and they're smaller roles. They're not yes. taking over the scenes that they're in. They're sort of in addition to the scenes. I yeah, mean, the yeah. only scene that I say they're the dominant group is when they're doing the staff face off, playing with the good, the big boys, big boys now, now. song, <laughs> and they sing, and they're and but I thought they did a really good job in that. Yes. the only the only thing had about that one that I was kind of it was interesting because knowing what I know about what you said about um how many consultants they had on this movie Mm. in terms of like um culturalists and historians Mm. and religious experts on this film I and I know obviously there's going to be a bias in the movie towards the Christian <laughs> God or the Jewish God, I should say. Sorry. In this um, case, yeah, I was going to say, you've got to go with Yahweh. Christian. Yeah. yeah Yahweh. Yes. Jehovah, maybe. I don't know. Yahweh? Yahweh was the term used in the Bible for it. Okay. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's I don't not know. start splitting hairs not over Christian. this one. We're raised Catholic. <laughs> All I'm going to say is it's the, the God of the Israelites who we believe is the same God uh, is Catholics and Christians. Anyway, um, but the only, I wouldn't say beef that I had but watching it is a, I felt like because it is obviously going to be biased towards that singular God, the gods of Egypt are downplayed in their power because of those two oh, priests 100%, and how 100%. those two priests are depicted as more magicians in sleight of hand. And that's um, unexpected, but just kind of like, in a way, a bummer because the Egyptian gods mattered as much to the Egyptians as the jewish god or israelite god matters to them do you know what i mean oh i know exactly what you mean i mean that's how the story is told though in the bible so they're gonna stick with it but yeah it's it's one of those interesting ones and it's again where i say like this is why it's kind of took this one as like a myth egyptian myth like stories like for me personally like that gets thrown in with how over the top and in the original bible like there's charlatans but they have some ability, like they have yeah. powers in, in the biblical stories. So it is interesting that they're chosen instead to be like, look, sleight of hand. Yeah. Simply and stage it, performers. Totally. And I get it. I do mm-hmm. get it. But it just, it's one of those, um, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, for how many people got consulted on this movie? It's interesting that this was the, the choice to depict well, the Egyptian Because the people they consulted priests. all went with that. Yeah, <laughs> totally, yeah. right? So anyway, it was just something, an observation about the movie mm. that I was like, oh man, it'd be really interesting if it was like, I don't know, depicted the Egyptians, I wouldn't say differently, because obviously you can't really depict them differently. You own a bunch of slaves. It's not going to go well. But it's more that it's like, there's a culture there that is just as rich in a way in terms of their religion (laughs) and so it'd be interesting to kind of have that depicted differently but that was my only um 
thing watching as an adult. Watching as an obviously, adult now where you're like, I didn't think of that as a child. That obviously didn't <laughs> enter my head. I was just like, this is amazing. This is way better than Charlton Heston. Lisa, can we watch this for now? So <laughs> that other one? Is this one it's cool? also way shorter. I like how simplified this version yeah. is. Yeah. Happen- everything happens simplified. a little bit more efficiently. Everyone yeah, comes yeah, to yeah. it a little We're faster. We're at a clip, clip pace here. Yes. Clip we pace. know how Pauline feels about those. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else, Lisa, from the movie you feel you want to touch on as a takeaway or favorite scene the only other thing um what i appreciated as a kid and as an adult watching it now is there's a couple of moments where there's no dialogue you're watching and it's between moses and zipporah usually his wife but like how their relationship grows and blooms there's a song playing in the background but you're watching him adjust to life now as a nomad as part of this new tribe as finding a new family and then when he the burning bush moment which was also very cool it's also done very well Mm -hmm. apparently they struggled with the voice of god because they're like how do we do this without this being offensive like what do we do for the voice of god and they recorded all the cast members saying stuff. They had different people. They had different effects. And they decided, we're just going to go with Val Kilmer's voice. And we're just going to make it echoey. <laughs> that way it'll sound. Well, their logic was this way it'll sound like a voice familiar to Moses. Like almost a voice in his oh. head. Like that'll work. And then in the background, when you hear at the very end, the, the him saying his name Moses and stuff like that, you hear the other cast members saying the dialogue. Oh. So very cool. Um, but then he raises, like he's just met god as a burning bush and he's told him all this and he's kind of in awe of what's just happened and it's very clever because he rushes back to tell zippor and you don't hear anything there's no dialogue it's him gesturing you're seeing him inside the tent he's pointing at his foot where he had to take off his sandals and he's talking about like you can see he's being like i know there was a bush like you can see it all yeah you're watching zipporah's body language where she's listening and then cluing in that this is bigger and then she's slowly sitting down on cushions behind her because she can no longer stand up because this is getting like bigger than she expects and i like those touches i think that those are very like Mm. i remember even as a kid but as an adult i appreciate them more i think they convey more and work better than if they had tried to create dialogue for those characters the hell is moses explaining to her (laughs) what just happened with that book and having her reasonably not think her husband is insane totally well how to have her to have the faith right to be like okay yeah this also whereas this is like okay yes he's speaking in such a way that we can't convey that convinces her real clearly with god's help i'm sure so we're just gonna pantomime it and i'm like good choice totally absolutely a hundred percent agreed um so that's the only thing and i wanted to mention the burning bush thing so that was cool with the the voice of god um, issue because i agreed that was an interesting idea who does get to talk as who gets to be god (laughs) i don't know see and i knew it was about kilmer i just thought to myself i'm like boy they really liked his voice They I really like, like the they, sound of his voice. Apparently they ran through a bunch. They tried it a bunch. And they were just like, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. And they're like, all right, Val Kilmer it is. <laughs> I mean, so I, I get it. I totally understand. And I think it works to that effect, right? Like, I don't yeah. think it takes away from it. But yeah, it's just no. interesting. No, um, uh, But that's it. That's the last thing I can think of. Everything else we've talked about, like, I don't think we need to go into anymore. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think they get it. I think the people get it. The people. You the people. all understand. You all know. Oh, you know okay. us. 
So, Lisa, then let's move yeah. on to the Bechdel test. Do you want to tell everyone what it is and if this movie passes it? Absolutely. So the Bechdel test is um, a test that basically is an imperfect one, but a way of looking at female characters in films. And just to sort of take that time to pay attention to their roles, what they get to talk about, how many women are in a film versus how many men are in a film, main characters, what have you. And, um, and just what's conveyed with them, and especially with older films obviously the roles are going to be a bit different we're still Mm -hmm. working on that but it's a way of just sort of paying attention to that and it's in order to pass the Bechdel test you have to have two minimum two uh named female characters in the film who have a conversation with each other about anything other than a man or men and this movie doesn't pass but it comes real close (laughs) okay so i have a brief moment where I think it does Okay, okay, tell me, tell me. It is a very specific line that I wrote down when it happened, because initially I was like, is this their only interaction? So, this is when, okay, so this is going to take some explaining. So, <laughs> ooh, I like this, I'm like, ooh, just, what did I miss? So, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's very subtle. So, um, what's Michelle Pfeiffer's character's name? Zipporah. Zipporah. Okay, so Zipporah actually is introduced to you in the film um, as someone who's been captured by the priests somehow mm-hmm. and is brought in as like a woman to yeah, we haven't go talked about this hang yet. out with Moses in his room. Anyway. I love that you... <laughs> we'll... We'll... Uh... <laughs> We'll touch more on that in the next segment. Way to be as delicate as possible. <laughs> like, okay, so that's happening. We'll talk about that. But she escapes. Anyway, upon her escape, which is why Moses ends up among the people anyway, he follows her. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. There's this moment where she's at a well and she says, please, I need water. I have a long journey ahead of me. And Miriam, who's at the well, says, may God protect you. And she says, thank you and then leaves <laughs> and that's it and i was like well that counts. you know what i like it well well and the other thing too is i didn't it they doesn't count because they're singing but together. there's an entire song that zipporah and miriam sing together i agree about I being freed and i'm like we're so close but i, I don't think we can count this because it's not actual either. dialogue exactly 100% but it was this moment exchange where i was like that might look be at it. you that- they do and it's and the thing is i think that's why i didn't i didn't catch is you don't really see them at no. first it's moses following zipporah who's run away from his rooms and he wants to just i don't even know what his plan is he's but interested he's in her, her. Yeah, he's interested sure. in her and um, and you hear their voices before you see them and her sort of making her getaway. So I think that's very nice. Play. It's Wait very it's all right. subtle. We and get I wrote it. it down get that and it was like, it's kind of a question mark. Like I was like, I'll, I'll broach <laughs> it. I think we can say that it technically, yes, Two this would then pass. female characters talking to each other mm-hmm. about something other mm-hmm. than a man or man. And I'm like, that is, those are three lines of dialogue <laughs> between two named female characters, and they're talking about how she's got a long journey out of her. It's true. Well, and I, I mean, it's great because there are these two very strong female characters who are in the film, and that is something the movie does change. Um, in the original story, it's Aaron, Moses's brother, who's his, like, right-hand person. Right. And in the film... Aaron doesn't believe any of this and is very jaded. He's voiced by a very jaded Jeff Goldblum. And he's and it's, hilarious. And he's quite funny. 
Um, because he's Jeff Goldblum. What are you gonna do? But uh, Miriam, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> not that Lisa's biased or anything. Everyone. No, obviously, I'm a completely unbiased party. Um, but Miriam's the one who holds faith the whole time and who supports Moses and who helps him through his journey. So I actually really appreciate as an adult watching him being like, ah. Oh, Thank you for making the sister the strong one yeah. and the one who's got all the faith and Zipporah strong. And actually, I wish she had a proper name, but the Queen of Egypt, who's voiced by Helen Murren, she's awesome. She's briefly mm-hmm. in it, but she genuinely loves her sons. And she's got the some good lines. conversations with Moses are wonderful and heartfelt yep. and thought out. And again, add to that complexity of his home life versus when the reality hits home that he he's... Israelite and he now has to watch his people get whipped and hurt and tortured and can he do that knowing the truth now that his eyes are opened and she's so close to keeping him home because she loves him so much and so her character is quite good too and is quite strong and quite interesting even though she's barely in the film I really appreciate that so I'm glad I'm glad you found a workaround good job Link. good job uh, thank you thank you mm-hmm. and then, you know mm-hmm. what I wasn't even trying to find a workaround I just happened to <laughs> I just heard it and I was like, you were hang just on a sec. Such close attention. It was ah. just a moment. And know what it is? Know why it's also so subtle is when it happens at the time you have not yet been introduced to Miriam. Yes. So you don't even know it's her. So mm-hmm. Zipporah just continues on her way. And then a whole other segment happens between Miriam and Moses that drops the whole, you know, truth bomb on him. Mm-hmm. And then you're taken away very quickly. And so you don't realize really that Miriam has just had this interaction in the first yeah, place. Yeah. So it is, it's quite subtle, but it's anyway. It was it was there, so it passes yeah, yeah. barely. It does do- not pass with flying colors. On by. Yes. <laughs> the colors are dim and slightly grayish, but they count. But they count. Oh, okay, man. so then Lisa yes, on to offensive. <laughs> so I feel like you'll elaborate more on what I was going for earlier, but um, yes. just to let all of our listeners know, when we say offensive, sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not. The word offensive we really mean is anything that doesn't age well, doesn't hold up uh, to the times, maybe was culturally acceptable at the time the movie was made, but is not so anymore, or even culturally is acceptable at the time the movie is based in, mm-hmm. but is no longer acceptable in today's standards. Um, obviously, the owning of slaves. Uh, <laughs> big problem <laughs> that we have. <laughs> Hence why we're Egyptian really dynasty. happy when they're freed by the end, everyone. We're so, all on board yeah, with that plan. That's step a one. Plan. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good that's one. That's a good initiative. We want to free these then, people. The 40,000 slaves that needed freeing. Oh my God. The sheer amount of slavery and torture you see on screen. Yeah. 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 The whipping. So that's quite heavy. So do you want to touch on that and maybe any other thing? Well, obviously. So as I said, this movie doesn't shy away from what you're seeing. Um, And there's a crucial moment when Moses flees Egypt. It's because he has accidentally, in this version, accidentally murdered an an Egyptian overseer because the man. Accidentally killed. Accidentally killed. You can't accidentally murder. You're absolutely right. Sorry, Your Honor. Sorry, Your Honor. Strike it from the record. Technically manslaughter. Anyway. (laughs) Well, I guess it would be manslaughter in this case. Yes. So. Moses, who has now realized the truth and is seeing, is actually paying attention to the plight of the Israelites and is like, oh shit. Um, He happens to be there when an Egyptian overseer is whipping an old man um, and is on his way to killing this man. And Moses races over and tells him to stop and gets into a a kerfuffle with him and pushes him off the side. And so the whipping's awful. The death of this overseer is awful. There's other whippings that occur. So everything that's like involved with slavery that you could think of in worse possible ways. There's the murdering of children 
by God to the Egyptians and by the Egyptians <laughs> to the Israelites. Like, I mean, there's a lot of child murder. In yeah, this definitely. Yeah. Um, so that's something to note if you are unfamiliar with this story. I mean, Old Testament Bible, I think. Oh, we just okay, need come to on. Wrap our I think we all that. need to remember how vengeful, violent and insane the Old Testament yeah, God is in sure. some respects mm-hmm. and some of the events that occur. Um, so that's in there for sure. There's also, as we said, so Zipporah is captured and she is given as tribute to Ramesses. You're not supposed to give people to people. That's how this works. But anyways, given to Ramesses and Ramesses then gives her to Moses. Like all this giving, you're like, oh, it's getting worse with each passing of this yeah. person. It's awful. And she says to let her go and they don't and Moses kind of humiliates her and then she gets put in his room for him to uh, as Pauline what did you say Pauline to meet up yes. with Pauline? I don't know <laughs> I don't with... know what I said <laughs> hang out in his room together yeah, I mean yeah. it's with nothing a else children's intended. movie yeah he's Ooh. gonna wine and dine there obviously that's <laughs> <laughs> again the implications are there it obviously it does not happen she instead ties up the servant who's in the room in a very hilarious manner and then makes her escape and then moses and her meet up again and have an actual relationship formed that is is healthy i will say um but it starts there especially because she hated him to begin she with. hated him so to begin really with and she does that. drop him in a well as you know he needs to later on it's, oh yeah for um, sure. it's fabulous it's anyway so that's in there um there's also uh i mean all the plagues are quite scary violent. for some kids and violent and so just know that that's happening too there's um moses is ridiculed by the israelites when he first attempts and causes a bigger workload for them so they're like throwing mud at him and stuff and mocking him like all this stuff happens the other thing that i will say too to note this movie does an excellent job when they were Ill- when they were choosing how to draw all the characters. They based it off of as best as they could people of the time. However, the voice actors are largely a white cast. A lot of them British. <laughs> um, yep. And the people who they're portraying are largely not at all. No, mm. there's not a white person on the screen. Um, so just know that that obviously nowadays I would hope that wouldn't be the case. But who am I to say with Hollywood? But that's not cool. I mean, I love all their vocal performances, but the reality is that there's only one person of color voicing anyone, and that's Danny Glover. Yeah, <laughs> and that's... also, who voices um, uh, Yehevid, uh, Moses's mom, with the beautiful singing voice. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Anything else I'm missing, Pauline? I think you covered it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I think everything falls under the umbrella of, you know, slavery, child mass yeah. murder, child mass murder, cetera. Cetera. torture, all that fun stuff. General yeah. racism uh, yeah. abounds. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fun. Okay. So, <laughs> Happy children's film. Uh, definitely. So Lisa, then let's chit chat a bit about <laughs> how you feel about this movie now watching it, um, you know, 10, 15 years after your most recent watching of the film, but definitely like, you know, 20 plus years after the movie came out how do we feel about it does it hold up did you enjoy it would you recommend it to others if so who would you recommend it to are you going to watch it again and what do you rate this bad boy out of 10 um so it held up uh in terms of what i was expecting this movie to be i still have a very clear strong i think one of the reasons why i haven't rewatched it in a while is because it's burned in my brain i know this movie backwards and forwards and i was like yeah. 
I know it. It's, it's exactly what I expected it to be. Um, in terms of would I rewatch it? I will. I will at some point rewatch it. I still love the, the music. I still love the animation. I, I think for a film that came out in 1998 with animation that was cutting edge at the time, but certainly it would be considered no longer compared to all the stuff that they have now. I think the the animation is crazy good. The parting of the Red Sea is still stunning. The as we said the the coming of the angel of death is is crazy unique and beautiful. The dream sequence like there's a lot of talent and beauty to how this film is done and you can tell the time the effort there is a reason this took a really long time in production and it shows this is a very beautiful looking film in terms of storyline i mean it follows the story pretty closely for it i mean there's obviously some stuff that's left out there's some stuff, bad stuff that's left out, which is probably for the best, considering there's so many bad stuff left. Yeah, I mean, in. there's only so much bad stuff you can so contain so in the children's version in. of this movie. Yeah, this, this is going to happen in this film. Um, they don't show the 40 years in the desert when everyone is miserable, by the way. They, yeah. they yeah, just they, gloss they, over, they skip over that, that bit. part. They're like, look, like, he's got the Ten Commandments now. Woo, they're like, the boy, that happened quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Where'd that party with thing. the false god go? <laughs> Yeah, why aren't we seeing that? Where's um, the goat? Anyway, uh, so continue. many things. So many things. Anyway, um, so in terms of an an animated adaptation of this story, I think it does a remarkably good job. As a film, as a whole, I still enjoyed watching it. I found it like, as Pauline said, suddenly Pharaoh is there at the end, and there's no explanation. Like you see him grieving his son and then looking angry, but that doesn't translate to. I'm totally going to come get you all later. Yeah. Um, so there are some things that it's hard as a viewer who knows the story so well and who loved the story as a kid to look at and be like, oh, I guess that would be kind of, I don't know anyone who's new to this story would be like, what? When did that happen? What? Why is that happening? I have questions. Yeah. Um, so I think there are a couple of moments in the film. And as I said, like the humor for the most part holds up a few, a little bit of it doesn't. It's less, you know, it's not terrible. But as an adult watching it, I'm like, yeah. Um, so overall, though, I think it's still a very strong film. I think it's still wonderfully voice acted. It's imperfect, but I appreciate the risk that went into this movie. I appreciate the effort, the everything that went behind it, the care, the craft, the consulting with experts that they chose to do when they really didn't have to consult with that many people if they didn't want to. And I appreciate that, too. Um, overall, who I would recommend it to? <sighs> If you've already seen it, you already know whether you like this one or not. If you love the music, you're going to still listen to the songs and appreciate the songs in the sequence. If you haven't seen this for a really long time, if this is one you watched growing up and it's been a while and you really liked it when you saw it, rewatch it. You'll probably still like it. There'll probably be sequences that you're like, oh, that part's wonderful. If you've never seen it, I don't know. Like, I mean... If you're interested in this sort of animation style, if this is a story that intrigues you because you don't know much about it, this is a good introduction for it if you're at all intrigued. As for like general watching, this is an intense story. I don't know if you are someone who hasn't raised your kids with this kind of story, with these Bible stories and stuff, everything. It's pretty intense to suddenly just be like, here, child, watch this one. Uh, we yeah, won't have difficult conversations. Say- it's a tough one to say as people who were raised in a religion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really hard to speculate 
what someone who isn't right yeah, like I can't if, even imagine. and i mean if you want to watch it because culturally relevant or it's you think the story would be good or for any whatever reason whatever reason you choose to watch it know what we talked about is all in this film and so if you're prepared for that kind of more mature theme and that discussion you're you're going to end up having with your kid and would want to have with your children about everything that's happening on screen, then go for it. But if you think that this sounds a little too intense, you know, your kids best don't it's, it is intense. It's, it's hard. It's hard to pull myself outside of Mm -hmm. our upbringing and what was normalized growing up. Because this is also the mild version of the storytelling. This is the tamed version of the story. So for me as a kid, I was like, Oh, totally handle this oh brothers yeah. oh, like they missed a few really awful bits they should throw <laughs> those back in there <laughs> kind of missed that sequence yeah. um so so i can't say in that regards if this sounds like something you might be interested in and watching your own if you're at all curious give it a watch i make no guarantees beyond that but i will say for anyone who is interested in animation and hasn't seen it and wants to look at different crafts and styles you should watch it for the animation alone this is still quite beautiful. And the soundtrack is lovely and all of that. So and that's where I'll leave it. Um, you'll have a sense if this is your type of movie or not. Uh, I can't say, though, that it would be a general watch <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the intensity of everything that's happening on the screen. Agreed. Uh, yep. Out of 10. So this one... I have a lot of nostalgia for, I have a lot of love for, I still really like the story, I still really enjoy a lot of the elements, there are a couple scenes that were a bit slower, not my interest, but for the most part, this is a fast-paced film with an intensity, and I was still struck by a lot of the scenes, I give it an 8 out of 10, I really liked this one, yeah. I don't think anyone's shocked. <laughs> no. It'd be more of a shock if I'm like, yeah, five. Yeah. Oh, no. We already knew. We, uh, we knew this was in the upper, the upper regions for sure. Upper regions for Lisa. Yes. Yeah. With all the coatings of nostalgia and. Totally. I sang along to all the songs I was watching and I'm like, oh, I'm singing along and don't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're great songs. Right. Yeah, for right. sure. What I, even listened, I even listened to the Mariah Whitney oh my version gosh. of the song. I did the too. I did not turn It'd off the be a crime. I'm, like, I'm just going to let this. I gotta let this roll. When am I gonna <laughs> listen to this song again? I'm like, I no. Um, okay, so um, similar boat to you. I uh, I didn't love this movie as much as you loved this movie growing up. I nope. wasn't as enamored with this story as you were. <laughs> but I was like, oh, thank God, there's an animated version of this now. <laughs> like, okay, I'm in the clear. Like, I'll watch this gladly. So that was more. It was more of a relief for me. <laughs> Um, oh, phew. It's but way easier to sit through. <laughs> I can handle this one. So um, that was definitely more of That's my approach fair. from childhood. That I did really totally feel that fair. way, genuinely. <laughs> As an adult watching it, it's still good. I mean, it's also, I think, what I actually was surprised by while watching it was I... I had a hard time as someone who I I wouldn't even describe myself as a as like a non-Catholic like a non-practicing and like I'm pretty mm-hmm. I'm pretty agnostic yeah, pretty yeah. basically atheist I would say so the the topic really it's interesting but it doesn't interest me I guess mm-hmm. is what I would mm-hmm. say like I said I would have loved to have a more interesting depiction of the Egyptian gods just to give credence to the quote-unquote pagan gods that are depicted often in Mm. christian focused or or christ 
like focus i can't describe it because i'm like i know it's the same god but the jewish god in this one the israelite god the hebrew god um so anyway so that's kind of how i felt watching it as an adult um as a kid obviously that was not the case i was like i'm in like flynn let's talk about our god yeah look at him do all these wonders amazing can i have more popcorn please absolutely like that i was right in it so i had no beef with i don't remember having any beef with like the the picture the depiction of the hand of god killing the boys i i don't recall i was like yeah that's what happened that's the way this went like that's how this story goes yeah like everyone knows obviously they're all gonna die like duh and they go go away and everything's fine they cross the red sea and then all the soldiers die in the ocean and everything's fine and the sea (laughs) there's so much death in this so yeah so i i don't know i just think it's for children i I retract everything i said no children should watch this i mean the only thing i will say about kids watching it is if they're raised in the catholic school system they know the story the the story of the death i had to watch get this i remember very explicitly grade four or five we were at holy spirit in cochrane and in one of my religious classes we had to watch a live version of the ten commandments not the charlton heston version for some reason we didn't get to watch that one we watched a different one and i was like what is this shit so we're watching this and they'd show these little two-year-old boy toddlers being put in this cage naked and having this cage being rolled on a cart into the Nile. Yeah. And I was in in grade, I want to say it was five because we were in the portables. I was in grade five. And I remember being like, I don't want to, I was, I'm out. I couldn't tell you any other thing about the movie Man, like i, know I did it was not have to watch that film and i'm so sorry that I, sounds horrendous it was awful me and this other girl jenna because kevin was born at this time and i was like if my little brother was in that cage i would have gone they could kill me i would have saved him because all the little boys are crying anyway anyway yeah. everyone yeah. Mm-hmm. the takeaway is i don't think they make <laughs> children watch that now in school but i sure you, as hell hope you not. never know with the catholic school system what they make kids <laughs> watch so what I will say is um, I feel like the odds are good they've been introduced to the horrors of this story already. <laughs> this won't be the most horrific telling of said story. Um, uh, this was a relief to me, to be honest. I was like, oh, those dead babies are hieroglyphs on a wall? No problem. I, I can, can separate myself from them. <laughs> I can disassociate from this. So definitely traumatizing, um, but not the most traumatizing. So take that as you will. Definitely more of an uh, adult-themed conversation to have. Uh, If you are going to watch this with your children, expect questions. Uh, But I never know when to reference what is age-appropriate for children. I always leave that up to Lisa. So I'll just um, (laughs) leave that to her. I will say I... Would recommend it if you've already seen it, if you enjoyed it, and maybe if you feel like watching it again. I mean, it's a tough one to say. It's heavy subject matter. Are you still a faithful person? Uh, would this interest you? All those things. If you love the music, like Lisa said, you'll probably really enjoy the songs. I certainly did. Do you necessarily want to watch a movie like this? You know, if you don't really share that faith, there might be an element of just listen to the soundtrack and, and enjoy the songs and go from there. Um, so will I watch this again? To be honest, I feel like I'm only watching this if you want to watch this. Like if, <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you on a 
those sick day. One of those sick days with Lisa. And she's like, Pauline, can we watch Prince of Egypt? I'd be like, you got it, Lisa. So that's when we're probably watching this one again. I just don't see myself ever being like, you know what mood I'm in? That mood. Like, again, I think if I'm in that mood, I'll be like, you know what song I want to listen to? The reprisal of All I Ever Wanted slash The Plagues. I'm going to listen to on <laughs> iTunes to the one song I want to hear from this. Um, but is it a decent movie? Yes. Do I think it has flaws? For sure. But is it good? I think so. So out of 10, I would give this guy a 7. Hmm. So a little lower than Lisa, because I don't have the same nostalgia, I would say. But totally. still semi-nostalgia. I would say without my nostalgia, it would be in the seven mark, too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Easily. All right, Lisa. Mm. Now on to the quotes. For anyone <laughs> who doesn't know what the quotes section is or why we do this, it's because mm. our whole family communicates to each other in basically inside jokes that no one's aware of outside the family until they're in it. And now they just <laughs> say them. Uh, they could be surrounded by the family and we all just have conversations that make seemingly no sense to anyone. It's purely because we're all just quoting movies that they don't know. <laughs> and we don't eat, it's like a second language. One yep. of us will say a line and then the conversation continues as normal. And the person yep. who said the line may be seen as an idiot by someone or, outside the family. It's just and super like, confusing. That's yep, confusing. Yep, Why yep. that person just say that and that's basically how our family talks someone might laugh someone some line might get someone might completely. add on to the line yeah yeah it's fun it's a fun game of uh exclusion we like to play <laughs> all the we time like to play in the brennan family we do uh, can you keep so, up with their quotes then yep. no <laughs> or do you just ignore them like cam, <laughs> cam just ignores them right anyway lisa quotes yes. from this bad boy do you have uh do you have a one or two or three or four you'd want to Jump I've got a couple. One of okay. the ones I will say that I always liked, even as a kid. So after they've done their chariot race and are being reprimanded quite rightfully by their father, um, by Pharaoh, the Pharaoh is upset, obviously. And he's like, why do the gods torment me with such reckless, destructive blasts from his sons? And the two priests who are Steve Martin, Martin Short go, you mustn't be so hard on yourself, your majesty. <laughs> You're an excellent teacher. It's not your fault your sons learned nothing. Well, they learned blasphemy. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> walk away. That was a and good I line. I love it because those two are always undermining the sons. But I just love that. Well, they learned blasphemy. That's true. That's win-win. <laughs> Uh, like my first life. my first one that I got was um, so when Moses encounters Miriam and Aaron at the well, Miriam mm. is so stoked to see Moses. Oh my gosh, super yes. confused. But Miriam's like, you came. You're here. You're here to save us. This is wonderful. How great. And she just thinks it's amazing. And she's like, mm. Aaron and I, you know, we're here, you know, da da da, whatever. And she won't shut up. And you can tell Moses is getting upset. And, and Aaron, <laughs> out of the side of his mouth, is just saying, Miriam, do you want to get us flogged? <laughs> like, really calmly, quietly. Like, Miriam. quietly, calmly, like, Miriam? We're about like, to die if you, you keep this up. <laughs> need to shut up right now. That's what needs to happen. It's so good. Jeff Goldblum's delivery is very, very good. It's and actually, very spot on. Sandra Bullock in that scene, too, is hilarious because she just keeps going. She takes no oh, for an answer. She powers through. She's yeah. like, I don't listen to Aaron. I don't listen to anybody. I'm yeah. so happy. And you're like, yeah. oh, God. This and you're is like, oh, this badly. is not good. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. What's one of yours? <laughs> one of the ones that I did love as a kid, and it's just the scene itself. So after Moses has gone, you know, left Egypt, gone to the desert, he's on the camel, as Blaine said. Um, he ends up 
saving Zipporah's younger sisters from these um, sort of bandits, barbarians who are like trying to, to push them out of the way of the well and cause trouble. And so he saves them, but he's exhausted because he's just traveled across the desert with no water. And he leans against the well and it gives way and he falls in. So then the three little girls are trying to heave him out, but they're small and he's a grown man, so it's not working. And Zipporah, who haven't just come up and she's like, what are you three doing? We're trying to get the funny man out of the well. Funny man out of the well. Okay, well, that's a new one. And then Moses makes a sound and she's like, oh, okay, we're going to get you out of there. No problem. It's just hang on. And then she helps, sees Mo that it's Moses and let's go and drops it's it back great. into the well. And it's a fabulous scene. <laughs> But I do love the trying to get the funny man out of the well. Uh. Well, and then my favorite line after that one, the other one I have written down mm. that I thought was hilarious was um, she drops him back in the well, <laughs> dusts, dusts off her hands and walks away. And then the next older sister, the, the oldest of the three youngest, yeah. the two turn to her and she's like, and that's why Papa says she'll never get married. <laughs> <laughs> And that's funny too. <laughs> She's got too much personality. It's great. Oh my god. Okay, what's yeah. another one of yours? Uh, one of the ones. It's another scene that I that I loved as a kid. It's when Moses and Ramesses are chatting. When Moses, after they've been in trouble, and Ramesses is sitting on top of the statue and they're talking, and um, and Moses is being very glib and basically is like, "Yeah, I can see it now. There go the pyramids." And he's like, "You can laugh." And he's like, tell me this, tell me this, Moses, why is it every time you start something, I'm the one who gets blamed for it. And as he's saying this, Moses has sewn up a wineskin, filled it with wine, and then dropped it over the side of the building to land on the two priests and ducked so that by the time Ramesses has finished his sentence, it has fallen. He's leaned over to see what has happened and gets blamed by the priests for what has just occurred. So I just love the whole sequence and him being exacerbated. And then Moses just turns to him and goes, and he's holding a giant bowl of wine and just goes, you might as well. <laughs> and Ramesses dumps And obviously Ramesses does. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. What are you going to do? Come as on. any good sibling would do in that instance. Obviously. <laughs> You're already in trouble. You might as well. You might as well do it. Not untrue. Um, yeah. I don't have any other quotes. Everything's more of like a scene situation. Yeah, so it's I can't, more of a scene, uh... and the quotes are more serious. Like I love a lot yeah. of their quotes, but they're they're serious lines. Um, yeah, and quite sad. Especially a lot of my favorite lines are between Ramesses and Moses, and it's when they're having their discussions, and they're not they're not happy ones. But it's they're like, like when um, quotable quotes, oh, not like, like ones you throw in. Yeah, casually. The, the only other one I could think of is Moses when he's again. It, they're in that same position. Fair, he's now Pharaoh, but Ramesses is sitting among the statues and Moses goes to find him and it's super dark outside. And he's trying to talk to him and he's trying to engage. So he just starts bringing up a memory of, I remember when you were switching the heads on all the gods in the temple. And he's like, if I recall correctly, you were right there switching heads alongside with me. He's like, no, that was you. And then they go back over it and Ramesses is like, yes, the, the priests thought it was a horrible omen and they fasted for two months. Father was furious. You were always getting me into trouble. But then you were always right there getting me out of trouble. Mm. And that line I adore and it hurts. <laughs> I know. It just makes me sad. I it just, just actually really hurts. It does. It was like, oh, they were brothers and that sucks. And that sucks. And yep. yeah. So mm -hmm. I think we should end on that one. It sure. Sucks. The that line that's sad and it sucks. The line that hits hard 
Because that's what this movie is, everyone. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's not an uplifting film per se. Yeah, depending on your viewpoint, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still not even de- regardless of your viewpoint, it's depressing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there we go. But um, <laughs> so there you have it, everyone. That's our um, opinion slash review of the Prince of Egypt. Uh, feel free to watch the film if, after what you've heard us describe, <laughs> sounds like it's right up your alley. If not, totally get it. Feel free to join us on Friday for our next trivia episode, which I will pick the movie in, and uh, we'll see if I can bring us up to something a little more chipper, so to speak. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know what I haven't picked one yet, so we'll go from there. But in the meantime, have a wonderful week. Feel free to follow us on social media at Real Window. Send us an email at real.window at gmail.com. Uh, and then um, hang out with us on Friday. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you then.